When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, hello, Brandon Harvey here with this week's episode of Sounds Good, the podcast where every single Monday I sit down with an inspiring person and talk about happiness, overcoming struggles, and living a life of intentionality and wonder. Today I'm talking with one of my all-time favorite musicians, Ryan O'Neill of Sleeping At Last. If you haven't heard Sleeping At Last music, well, I think you may be wrong. Ryan's had his music featured in and used by The Twilight Saga, The Fault in Our Stars trailer, Dancing with the Stars, Jane the Virgin, Super Bowl commercials, Ellen DeGeneres, a million episodes of Grey's Anatomy, So You Think You Can Dance, Kid President, and so, so, so much more. Outside of making beautiful, hopeful music that makes people feel and think, Ryan is an incredibly thoughtful and creative person, and I loved getting to talk with him. So without any further ado... Let's just jump straight into this. Okay, I'm on the line with Ryan O'Neill of Sleeping at Last. Ryan, welcome to the podcast. Oh man, thank you so much. I am so excited to talk to you. So your name is Ryan, and I may have just like spoiled this, ruined this, but you are also the entirety of the band Sleeping At Last. Is this correct? (laughs) That's true. That is true. I mean, I don't have a Sleeping At Last birth certificate, but um, (laughs) it is Sleeping At Last is me and vice versa. But I didn't spoil any secrets. That's public knowledge. No, that is not. (laughs) (laughs) That is no secret. Surprise, everybody. Banksy. It's more more of a a point of confusion than anything else. I love it. (laughs) Because it does sound like a band name, so. <laughs> and, and, I, and I love that. What's the yeah. uh, background behind the name? Like, where does Sleeping At Last come from? I've got no idea. Yeah, so um, quite a while ago when I was uh, way younger than I am now, um, I, I knew I needed some sort of name for my music. And I went into a bookstore with a friend and completely joking said, all right, whatever page I turn to next in this poetry book is going to be, that's going to be the name of my music. And, um, and so I, I flipped this, I flipped the page once and on in this like poetry anthology. Um, and it was a, a poem by Christina Rossetti and it was called sleeping at last. And I, I totally was not expecting to find, um, something that I connected with or a name that I connected with. And, um, it just, it just made sense. So a few days later I was like, yeah, I think, I think that that was actually the way, uh, that was that was the right path for this for this uh, for the name of my music and, and it's funny too because like the longer I make music the more I realize that um, the name suits the like the genre of music I'm working on beautiful <laughs> it, it does get gentler and gentler as I get older so that's amazing are, I've always liked I've always liked um, you know quieter music but this is uh, it, the older I get pretty much when I'm like 60 or 70 years old it's just going to be like me whispering <laughs> <laughs> no no music it'll just be silence and then a whisper like every every three minutes <laughs> I like that I like that a lot yeah so so the name works well with that that's amazing so how old were you when you when you came up with Sleeping at Last again oh man um it was probably 16 years old that is 15 years old 16 17 because how old are you now I'm 33 coming up in July yeah so So, the name has been around for quite a while and for a majority of your life you've been sleeping at last yeah exactly so which is which I kind (laughs) of love and then I also um the the business side of that is probably not super smart because you know you want to be you want to be the 
the the young the the hot buzz <laughs> band of the whatever and having uh having the name been around for so long it probably doesn't work well with that but um to be fair it did start out so um i've always been the the songwriter and it's always been my voice but it started out as a band with my brother and um my friend dan and so they they moved on to other things a few years into it but um so i i carried on the the name sleeping at last which i, I sort of I sort of say is my, my journal. Yeah. <laughs> so that's uh that's kind of where I put all of my, every thought that I have is in these songs. So I, I kept the name going. Um, so t- that's why it, it is a band name because it was a band and, and now it's just a solo dude. I've followed you for a long time. Like I've been a fan of your work. <laughs> I did not know any of this. And this is normally <laughs> awesome. like some Good. of the first stuff that you figure out about a band. Like, Oh, it's why like are my, they called my that secret thing? past? Yeah. Man, <laughs> that's great. Okay. And so, you and I were talking about this before we started recording, but I really don't remember when you and I first connected. Like Me neither, yeah. I feel like it could have been through, was it through Bob Goff? It might have. Maybe a, a Love Does event. Or, yes, in Seattle. I think that might have been it. Yeah, That's yeah, probably yeah. It. I feel like I feel like we actually we started talking to each other over Twitter or maybe Instagram or something since then, and then I don't know for some reason it just felt like we've known each other for a lot longer. So every time I feel like I consider you a friend. I don't know uh, if that's okay, but I you're, you're my friend. I consider you a is... friend. I'm honored. <laughs> I'm you. honored that you consider me a friend, but I consider no, you totally. a friend for sure. <laughs> that's that's the magic of like uh, just you know getting getting uh, getting to meet cool people and uh, tech. Technology. <laughs> okay, so I want to back up from the conversation of you and me and our, our little mm-hmm. friendship love story and talk yes. about you and Sleeping at Last and music. My kind of go-to question probably would have been like, how did you get started? Like, how did you pivot into music? But it sounds like yeah. as a teenager, you jumped into music. Um, so more so I want to ask, like, what was the first big break you had? Like, what was the first moment that blew your mind in your pursuit of music? Yeah, so I, I was really, really fortunate when I was about, I think I was 17 or 18. So just this is just a couple years after um, the name Sleeping At Last was around and I was writing my own songs and all that stuff. Um, I, I played a show at a at a venue in Chicago called The Metro. And um, at the at the at after the show, we, we were backstage and I saw Billy Corgan from the Smashing Pumpkins walk by, mm. and um, I was a, I grew up on the Smashing Pumpkins. I was a huge fan, so it was a big you know uh, a very a big moment. I was like, oh my gosh! I, I, we were pretty sure he didn't hear uh, the actual show that we played, but um, we we were debating whether or not I, I should give him a CD. So I, I ended up you know rallying and kind of pu- pulling the courage together to to hand it to him. Actually, I, I was in the I was in the middle of talking to a security guard um, it, <laughs> about whether or not I should do that um and he walked by like as i was asking the question so i was like i'm sorry can i give this to you <laughs> and Amazing. so billy was super sweet and he um took the cd and said it was nice to meet you and then that was kind of it but then the next the next day i think it was um yeah i think it was the next morning i got a phone call from his assistant and said hey billy loved your your demo that you gave him um and was interested in, in getting together with you to work on um some stuff if you were interested in that and so that was like a totally just a really validating um, opportunity to, you know, one of my one of my musical heroes yeah. thinking that what I did w- wasn't terrible, you know. That's unbelievable. <laughs> so that led to um, a friendship with him, and um, he actually told a bunch of record labels about Sleeping at Last, and um, that led to some showcases. And so eventually, I ended up signing with uh, Interscope Records. This is really early on. Wow. And so that, that that was just such a a hugely informative. Uh, year and experience of my life not only musically but just like as a as as a young person turning into an adult <laughs> like it it just taught me so so much and in retrospect um it like it blows my mind that anybody would have you know taken like a young artist under their wing at that point and so it was really cool that he did that so that was my first i mean there was smaller um moments that I felt like, oh my gosh, like this might, I might be able to do this for a living. Um, but it was really that moment, um, that, that made it, made it really seem possible and likely that I might be able to give this my best shot. So that's incredible. And so you, you kind of found success or like so-called success at an early age. Did you ever, and and I don't want to say that like what I found as success, but like for me, I started shooting photos professionally when I was 16 years old. And, oh, so cool. And that was like really 
that's basically been the only job I've ever had, minus a few like short term odds and ends here and there. Yeah, like, totally. That's awesome. Wh- what's your like? Have you had to work other jobs? Have you always just been a musician? What What does that look? like? I have. So I've always been a musician, and I, I'm I'm like half. I'm sure you feel the same way, but I'm I'm half like super proud and super embarrassed that I've never had like a real job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, that's me I've too. Never, I've never had to like. Uh, wake up super early and and do something that I don't love doing which is which is I even as hearing myself say that like I'm I I need to every day wake up so grateful and thankful that I get to that I get to do this but so yeah I went straight from um I guess like you know 16 17 years old uh that I knew I wanted to do music and um, these 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 opportunities kind of came along, and then that just kind of propelled it into being like, okay, no matter what it takes, like this is this is what I want to do, and this is what I'm going to do. And um, thankfully, I've been able to do it uh, for for quite a while. So I'm hoping that people will continue to listen to my music, so I can I can continue on that path. But I uh, I do feel like I've I've uh, won the lottery in that re- in that regard. It's a, it's amazing. It's really cool. What do you think that it is that gave you that ability? to make this your life? Like, it's probably a weird question to to ask, but do you think it's the passion? Do you think it's the drive? Do you think it's luck? Like what? And, and you can just be like, oh, I, I played the fifth. Like, I'm not going to brag about myself. That's okay. <laughs> no, no. There's like, there's some like really logical things. Like my, my parents, specifically my mom was like the most supportive person of, if I, if I was, if I told her, Hey, I want to build rocket ships. Like she'd be like, all right, let's figure out what a rocket ship <laughs> starts with. Like, what do you need? <laughs> you know? So she has always been that way. And that's been like a huge, you know, not only just emotionally as like a massive, just like confidence thing for, for a kid growing up with that, but also on a more practical level, like she, she probably, uh, well, she definitely let me live uh, in my parents' home for longer than probably most people should. <laughs> you know? um, and so that that on a practical level was a huge help in, in me pursuing this and uh, and having a really decent shot at it. And then I think luck is a huge thing. I mean, I guess the luck has different meaning, but I, I call it uh, it being a, a gift that I get to get to do this, and mm. um, so I felt I felt like it was a, a blessing. Um, but at the same time, I also feel like the passion and, and drive. Like I, right around the time I was probably eighteen, I, I remember somebody asking me. I was having, I think, I think I was like, I was kind of burning out. I was making that record for Interscope Records, and um, it was my first like big, big opportunity. And there was just so much anxiety around it. I put way too much pressure on myself, and there was, you know, there was actual pressure as well. But um, I just remember feeling like just really, I just kind of went through a, a little, a little bit of a darker place where my voice wouldn't work, and I like my body kind of shut down for a little wow. bit. <laughs> and so I remember talking to a stranger um, about music. He was just like a friend of a friend that we, yeah, I think we went out to. Uh, he was in the car of some, you know, we were out going out to dinner with somebody else and he just happened to drop us off. It was like this really brief <laughs> interaction, and he was just he was going on and on about how what a what a beautiful like miracle that i get to do this job like and what like what else would i do you know and i like that for some reason that just like stuck with me so for from then on like i i always just whenever i'm discouraged by whatever challenge is coming up with sleeping at last or music or whatever i just remember that you know like there isn't there literally isn't anything on this earth that i'd prefer to be doing for work you know That's like this beautiful. is i love music and i love um i love being able to express whatever's going on in, uh, in, in my head on, in these songs. And so, so yeah, so I, I, I feel like it's a combination of all those things that, um, you know, probably luck has the most to do with it. And so you kind of went down this path. And I think that one of the big things that I've noticed about, um, a lot of the work you do, obviously you're creating and, and we'll get into this later, but you're creating so much music at such a fast pace and it's incredible. But this other thing that's really unique to you is that you're creating music for so many television shows and movies and trailers and commercials that I like know about, you know, it's not just like no name stuff. It's like, Oh, here's Grey's Anatomy. Here's Jane the Virgin. Um, how did you get into that world of things? Cause I don't know anything about that. Yeah, it's so that's that's been one of the the great joys of doing this too cuz I I I'm a huge TV and movie fan. I always have been and so it's like it is like my uh it's like the the area of art or the the format of art that I I I don't know a ton about cuz I don't do it. So I get to fully just appreciate it, you know? Like I get to uh like be a complete just uh 
audience member for that as opposed to music or like I, I love photography and um, so I've, I've I haven't really pursued it but I, I've learned more about it but filmmaking and and all that kind of stuff is just stuff I really, really love. So whenever, um, when I started getting those opportunities to have my music be a part of some of these TV shows and movies, it was just like the, it still is like the coolest. Like it's like the my favorite merger possible for music. You Incredible. Know? Um, but it started with so my first placement on a TV show was uh, actually it was a it was a show on Warner Brothers. This is probably ten years ago. Um, called Tarzan. It was like a live action Tarzan. Huh. It had one season. It got canceled very quickly. And I remember being. I think we were on tour at the time. And I remember um, being in a hotel room listening <laughs> listening to it, like waiting for it to come on the air. And um, it was so quiet. It was like literally on a radio in in like two rooms over from the scene. <laughs> oh my gosh! It was gosh. like the biggest like bummer, but we still felt like it was wow. This is so cool. It's on TV, you know. <laughs> um, and so that was like the first one, and then nothing for for four or five years. And then I got a, a an episode of Grey's Anatomy, and it was it was a better placement, but it wasn't. It was still very background, but it's, it was like a. I really thought I'm like this is oh man, what a cool opportunity, and and hopefully this will lead to this and this and this, and it, you know it never does. Whenever you think that way, it never nothing will lead to. <laughs> you just can't predict any it's of always stuff. the surprises and, that, that yeah lead to stuff. oh man absolutely so after that that Grey's Anatomy placement there was nothing zero placements for four years three years wow <laughs> and then um so around that time uh, I guess this was probably 2010 2011 I had the idea to um rather than continue making records I wanted to just do series of music I wanted to write just all the time and that ended up putting my music because there was so much new stuff coming out um and ended up putting sleeping at last on the radar for um a lot of different people in film and tv and that sort of led to uh, another placement and a tv ad and more placements and so it's been it's been a really really fun fun part of the career like I just I always joke that it's it's just like I, I have a studio in my basement and that's where I make all my music. So it's fun to be able to like sit there and kind of, you know, figure out music and then go upstairs and watch it on TV sometimes. That's incredible. <laughs> it's a nice, it's a, it's a huge gift for sure. Man. And you just mentioned this, but you basically are creating music in series now. And I've never seen yeah. anybody do anything like this. Um, and so first of all, why did you decide to start creating music this way instead of this traditional like release an album every two or three years and then also like how do you maintain that like that's crazy so i it was it actually started as a as just like a creative challenge i had a conversation with my friend um david hodges who is a is an incredible songwriter um and he just his his output per year of songs is just it's incredible and he's so passionate about songwriting and so when we first met this was probably 2009 he uh, he asked me. He's like, "Hey, how many how many songs do you write a year?" Because he uh, he he was familiar with a little bit of Sleeping at Last work, but um, and I was like, "Oh yeah, feeling pretty proud of myself." I'm like, "I write like four or five songs a year." <laughs> and I was like, "How about you?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, well, um, well, you know, I I write like a hundred. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm like, what? And the crazy thing is, like, it, something clicked over the over the following months that just like. I, that's that's my favorite part of the whole the whole career. Like mm. I I love the creating, I love the writing, I love processing everything I'm going through in song. And so, it it just struck me as really bizarre that I don't do that more often. So why am I only writing four or five songs a year? So I I decided to figure out like okay, what is doable? Like what's a big commitment or jump creatively that I can make that actually is doable that I won't completely fall on my face, but. And so I came up with yearbook, which is uh, three songs every month for a year. And I took like a subscription for it. And so I just, I knew that I had to write three songs. And my only criteria was that I had to be very, very proud, actually genuinely proud of the things that I put out. Amazing. And so um, it just was, it was so hard. It was like one of the hardest uh, creative years, obviously, ever for my life. Um but it just like every time I hit a wall of writer's block or any of that kind of stuff, which was pretty much every song or every month, <laughs> um, I just like I just kept waiting it out, and it just I, w I would get through to the other side and realize that no, like I do have there's there's still quite a lot to say, you know. So how many songs are you writing per year now at this point? So it started with that 36 um, for yearbook, and then that led to um, the project that I'm working on right now, which is kind of a, uh, an even more like long form series of music. It's called Atlas. Yeah. And so the first year contained 30 songs, and then the the, the second year, which is what I'm currently in, um, is called Atlas Year Two. 
And uh, it's 25 songs over the course of essentially a year. It's a little longer. Um, and what's interesting about this or what I'm excited about this project is that it's a it's kind of a concept series. Mm-hmm. So um, your book was just about me writing three songs every month and um, whatever's going on in each of those months, that's what I was writing about and that's what came out. With this project, Atlas, I'm I'm trying to tell like a thematic story of like an overarching story through the themes of the songs. So... In Atlas One, it starts off with an EP called Darkness, which represents the the unknown and you know the things that we we don't understand in the in our way 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 back history, and then um, Light represents the beginning of all things, uh, whether whether you call that the Big Bang or you call that God or you call that the beginning of the 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 universe essentially, and then um, the the next EP is a song for each of our planets in the solar system. And then uh, we get closer and closer to Earth. So I, I do uh, a series called Oceans, which is uh, a song for each of the, the oceans in, on, on Earth. And then now in Atlas Year 2. So Atlas Year 2 is about the involuntary human development of people. So wow. you're born with, uh, with your, your gender. You're born with uh, your, these senses, uh, five senses. You're born um, – I'm not sure if you're familiar with Enneagram. Yeah. Oh, you know? I you know? love Enneagram. What, what number are you? Oh, awesome. I'm a nine. What are you? I'm a seven. A seven. I think that Sammy so might be a sense. nine, actually. Awesome nine. I, I'm I'm proud. I'm a proud nine. What's a, What's <laughs> the name of nine? Is nine peacemaker? Nine's the peacemaker. Okay. Yeah. So I, the the flaw of the peacemaker is uh, running far far away from conflict to a point of being very very unhealthy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm I'm the enthusiast. And Sammy <clears throat> was making fun of me last night. Wait. So we should back up a tiny bit for people who haven't heard of Enneagram. Enneagram is this really cool, almost ancient personality type so it's like myers-briggs but it's the thing is that your personality type like there's nine options it will never change and you can basically become a healthier or less healthy version of your type so i'm a seven i'm an enthusiast i can become a super healthy enthusiast and i like to think i'm moderately healthy right now but then the cool thing is if like my wife sammy sees me in a place where like i'm being my unhealthy self then she knows that there's external stresses and pressures on me. And she can kind of say, oh, yeah. how can I help alleviate this? Like in her mind, that's kind of what she can do. And the same goes for her. Or like now, because Ryan's the same as my wife, I can say, Ryan, like I can tell that you are like a super unhealthy nine right now. <laughs> and- <laughs> oh no, you can tell through this interview? Oh man, you probably can. <laughs> I, I really am not that good level. yet. But anyway, um, it's so fun to like get to know people. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Like- it's one of it really is. I mean, you beautifully said it already, but it, it is such a helpful tool in understanding not only yourself and kind of where you're at on a on a level of like healthy patterns or unhealthy patterns, but it's such a helpful understanding of others. Like I for yeah. for me and my wife Kate, like we uh, Kate's a 3. And so um just even understanding how each of the the nine types integrate or disintegrate into each other mm-hmm. like it's so helpful to see like I mean same thing like you said like she'll totally recognize in me like there's you know something's a little bit off if I start showing some of these specific uh you know moods or um just these different uh, little little warning signs and the same thing with her so and it also helps it helps settle some some old arguments too about uh you know like i always want i think our our inclination for or our our hope for every relationship is for people to just understand a little bit more from uh, like our perspective amazing <laughs> and any and allows you to understand things from other people's perspective it's a it's a great exercise in empathy. exactly exactly but yeah so so this year of uh atlas is um kind of about all of the involuntary parts of us so like you said enneagram is one of those things where you're you're kind of born into this uh this this type or this energy uh, of Enneagram and that you, you kind of fluctuate just from health or, or a a lack of health in the, in that type. So, um, so I'm doing a song from each of the perspectives of uh, those nine types. No way. Yeah. So that's how, that's how this, the Atlas year two um, ends. So it's the five senses, the four basic human emotions, and then Enneagram. Incredible. And then next year, yeah, next year is about um, the voluntary human development. So the things that we do with all that, like love, create, dream, build, like all that's that's kind of the third chapter of Atlas. Man, I love that. That's so cool because I've Thank you. I've been listening to to all of Atlas. I've loved it, but I actually wasn't following the pattern necessarily. Like no, it's and it's actually it's kind of funny because it is it is. Um, 
overly complicated. Like I always, I always joke that like all I want people to know is that there's new music coming out. <laughs> the thematic stuff is just super fun for me creatively to like have have a little bit of a jumping off point for writing. Yeah. Um, also, I just get really. I mean, I do a ton of research about each of these different subjects. So I just um, a few weeks ago got to got to go on like this three day uh, Enneagram retreat with Richard Rohr and no, friends. And shut up. And it was just so so fun to like uh, soak up these you know brilliant minds uh thinking about these specific things and then try to interpret those things in songs and that was almost going to be what i wanted to pivot my question into is you know i as somebody who's trying to create more and more things like i i think and yeah. I'm, I'm trying to become more of like a creator and less of like an emailer or a business person you know i just <laughs> totally. want to create art and so even today i sat down and i i sat down at my desk in the morning and i was like i'm gonna write and I had such a hard time oh, cool. getting things out there. What what advice, I guess, do you have for me as somebody who wants to create things on a consistent basis? You know, what 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 are a few little pockets of wisdom from somebody who's creating thirty songs a year? Man, so I like for me, I don't know if it's it's the same for everybody, but I know like the the more time I take off in between writing or creating, the more nervous and scared of the process I become. Totally, so that's actually part of why I stopped doing albums because uh, you know I'd record one record and then um, go talk about it for two or three years, and um, you'd tour and you'd you know figure out how to perform those songs live. And then, you know, but when it came time two or three, you know, two or three years later to record some new songs and start writing again, I just was so freaked out. I didn't know if I could, if I could do what I did before, or if I could hope to top it, you know, I, it just, it just was, uh, it would shut me down. So creating all the time is such a huge thing. There's a, there's a book called the artist way. I think it's um, yeah. Julia Cameron. Um, yeah. Are you familiar Sam, with that? Sammy's going through it right now. Oh, cool, man. Well, I think that that's like the practice of the morning pages is such a huge, beautiful so cool. help. Um, and I've said this so many times, and I'm, I'm going to misquote it, but it's a it's somebody that I, well, not only am I going to misquote it, but I don't even know who said it originally. <laughs> I love Well, if you're um, going to misquote it, and you don't know who said it, then it's essentially yeah, it's your own quote. <laughs> then it's, it's my own quote. I'm actually going to just like put my name right by it right now. Perfect. Um, there's this book called Songwriters on Songwriting, and it's a, it's a book about uh, basically the songwriting process for all these different like legendary songwriters. So everybody from Paul McCartney to, um, I don't know, uh, Tom Waits, and I, actually I'm not sure if he's in there, but it's, it's everybody that you can, Paul Simon, everybody you can think of that is considered like a genius songwriter and um the the theme and through the whole thing that i i was and I, I read this really really young and i'm so glad i did because it has it has always been like a comfort but the theme in through all of these interviews is that nobody knows what they're doing at all <laughs> and, That's and so one good. of those people said that songwriting and creating in general is like is like waiting for a bus like you 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 hope that the bus is going to come there's no guarantee you can't control it you can't figure it out but you can make sure you're at the bus stop like the waiting at the bus stop is like the key to creating you just make sure you're ready to get on there <laughs> like that's that's all you can do. So I, that's the advice that I have like held tightly. You know, just always create and always keep keep trying in spite of uh, it feeling like it's not productive or good or whatever. I, I swear, like ninety eight percent of the things that I create, I I don't like, and then you know the other two percent is the stuff I release. <laughs> when you're creating all these songs, how many? fragments of songs do you think that you write then i mean that's probably not a quantifiable number no no totally it, yeah it's i don't know if i have a number but um i i'm getting i think the older i get the better i get at recognizing whether or not a song's there or not so if there's like something i'm working on for a couple hours i'll realize pretty quickly if it's worth spending any more time on or not um so i don't let songs go too far without like really believing in them you know that's smart um, so thankfully, but th- you know, there's, there are thousands of, of song starts <laughs> that I write <laughs> that are just like, wow, that is awful. Oh man. <laughs> so bad. And same thing with lyrics. I, I approach, I approach lyrics and music separate at first. And then later on, I, I kind of figure out the, uh, how they correspond with each other. But, um, lyrics too, I, I try to free write as much as possible. Um, and that, I feel like that's, I love what the artist way says about, you know, if you write whatever three pages a day, uh, you're kind of scraping off the top of your brain, like all that excess stuff Mm. that isn't very good. And you can just, it's, there's no pressure to do it. You can even write like, 
I don't want to write all day. Yeah. <laughs> just keep writing that down. And just the, the practice of that can, uh, can eventually turn into something that's, that's actually meaningful. Man. Dang, you've got me totally talked into that now. Like Sammy's been telling me to do that for a while, but I think you're just like the the little straw that broke the camel's back, but in a positive way. Us nines, me and Sammy have to unite. That's true. Yeah, I mean, Julia, we're getting this, getting the morning pages out there. You know, it's yeah, the, Julia the has agenda. to just take all the all the nines and have them come together to market her book. She has like the nine street team. Oh my gosh. Um, okay, so. All of your music, it, it's coming from all these different themes, but obviously they're very unified in their sound and they're coming from your voice. But the other unifying thing that I'm noticing about them is that you really do have a hopeful approach to music. And, you know, you. besides the fact that we're friends and I think you're awesome, you know, that's a huge part of why you're on the show because you, you more than, more than any other musicians I listen to, you take just a, a uniquely hopeful approach. Tell me about, is that part of your thought process? Is that just coming from who you are? Where's that coming from? Man, thank you, first of all, for saying that. Um, I, I realized like a few years ago that no matter, especially with these different themes that I'm writing off of, like no matter how dark I, because I, 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 I naturally like sadder songs mm-hmm. and I naturally like um, more melon, uh, melancholy type of stuff in general. Like I'm just always sort of, I always sort of gravitate towards it. So I, I realized pretty early on though that, um, no matter what I try to do, there's like hope always kind of comes through, um, which I'm really, really grateful for. At first I was kind of like, wait, what is this thing? I don't, you know, I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to say something dark here. And then all of a sudden, like some, some resolution comes in the end of the song. <laughs> That's and great. Uh, now I, I just, now I embrace that. Like I'm super, I'm super glad that it happens. And um, thankfully it just does kind of just naturally come out. Um, and I, I mean, and I would say now it's it's also something that I'm um, I'm I'm proud of. In in I feel like it's a it's what I want to convey in my music. I yeah. want I want people to be able to find hope, and I want people to be able to feel understood in some way. Um, and I feel like all that hopefully would come from vulnerability and uh, just trying to be as authentic in the writing as I possibly can. And um, so yeah, so that's kind of that's kind of I, I, w- I would like to say that it's naturally come through in the music. I like that it started off a little bit reluctant. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm, I'm actually right now. I'm so I'm I'm writing a song for each of the four basic human emotions. So I just finished joy, which is which is totally hard for me to write because I'm uh, especially like joyful music is uh, like you either have that gene in you or you don't. <laughs> and my songs are generally a little bit sadder. But right now I'm working on sorrow, and I feel so much more at home and <laughs> wow in writing a, writing a sad song. But um but I was, I was very happy that I was able to, to research some joy and my daughter who's a a year and a half is, was, was pretty great research material. She's joyful all day, every day. Well, okay. (laughs) So speaking of your daughter is, is your daughter is your, is your firstborn, right? Yep. Okay. So, so I was talking to my producer today and I was like, Hey, I'm talking to Ryan today. Anything you think I should ask him? And he's like, you have to get him to tell the story of how he announced uh, the birth of his first daughter, or the announced that like him and his wife were pregnant. Oh man! Can you can you share That's that story? Awesome. So at the end of Atlas Year One, um, which I said was all about Earth and all about um, uh, kind of the formation of the universe and and those songs. At the very it ends with the oceans and um, the 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 ocean songs are all instrumental. I felt like that would be uh, appropriate for that theme and. Um, and at the very, very last song, uh, I believe it's the song Arctic for the Arctic Ocean, um, it leads into Atlas Year Two. It's the last song leading up to that. And um, so right around that time, we found out we were pregnant with Lily, our firstborn, who's uh, who's now a year and a half. But we, we took her uh, her uh, heartbeat from uh, from our first ultrasound and put it in that song. So that was kind of part of our announcement. With uh, That song came out right around that time. And then that led to uh, – we thought that was – I just – I love the idea of that being um, – the segue from oceans into life. That's beautiful. So, uh, so yeah, and then actually um, following that, I uh, I wrote the song Life, which is the beginning of Atlas Year Two, uh, and that's actually Lily's birth story. So the whole song is sort of the the moment that we went into the hospital and her her birth story is in there, and is kind of a a prayer for her or a um, it's kind of her song. Even though many of my songs are definitely written inspired by her and for her but this one was uh, a little bit more direct absolutely incredible i i really love that that's really sweet 
Thanks, man. I don't know. Is that the story? That no, that's <laughs> uh, that's exactly it. Yeah. Okay, good. Because I was like, dude, I think we just when we actually announced it on Facebook, because you know now nowadays you have to yeah. do like campaigns. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a, this is our new product. We, For real, that's to... exactly how it feels. After I proposed, we waited an entire week to share stuff online because we were like, uh, <laughs> I mean, not necessarily because we were trying to like market it or anything, yeah. but we were just yeah, first yeah, of yeah. all we wanted to keep it like secret for a little bit to tell everybody, and then we were kind of like, well, let's like do it with a good photo. Do it out. Oh, wait, let's figure yeah, out what our caption. Is. You know, it's so <laughs> cheesy, but. We put we put a lot of work into our campaign for Lily, <laughs> <laughs> and we did for. Uh, we're actually pregnant with our um, second little one, who's going to be uh, due in October. October, yes, so end exciting! I am pumped. It's going to be fun, and it is. It's another little girl, so we're uh, we're super excited. It'll be it'll be it'll be a lot of a lot of cute going on. A lot of cute. That's so sweet. <laughs> so okay, so something that I've noticed looking from the outside in because I studied marketing and advertising in school, and so I have a little bit of a business brain. But it seems that you have the most unique business model for what you do. It seems like you really don't tour. You license a lot of your music. You've built a community of people who are excited to download your music when it comes out. What was your thought process on doing this? And then like, what's the upside? Because I would imagine that this is really cool to allow you to be at home and to be with family and... Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. Um, so I, I love the business of music too. Like I feel like it's, uh, I, I'm not, I'm not nearly, uh, I definitely like, I, sometimes I pretend like I'm, I know how to do it <laughs> and I, and I realize that I, I really don't, I, but I, I do get really excited about it. Like when even that first yearbook project that I was talking about, the series of music, when I started doing that, um, that, that creative, uh, structure led, led to like the creation of, the subscription model for that, like it just was kind of a means uh, of doing it. It's like, okay, well, there's a lot of music coming out. Well, we have to figure out some way to communicate with the audience that is interested in that. And so what does that look like? And so that has led to, uh, that's where, that's an instance where like the, the creative has informed the, the business end of it. But I, I get really excited about the business stuff and I, I have, um, I have amazing help from my manager who's, who's way better at business than I am, but um, it's a really great team. So we, we just sort of like I don't know I for especially for not touring as much anymore. Um, that has mostly been a result of just creating all the time, which is uh, yeah more of just a decision that I just want to make stuff more more frequently. And fortunately, that led to the TV and film licensing, um, which has just been yeah. So it it was like a I don't want to say it was unintentional because this is this is definitely what I wanted to. Do. Like I wanted to create more, but it wasn't, I didn't have the, I didn't have it all laid out in my head as to how to do that. So I'm just very, very grateful that by pursuing it, it led to a career that I, you know, I get to, I get to be here at home working, um, when, when our daughter's growing up and I get to be a part of all of her firsts and that's like, feels like such a gift. So, um, and it makes, it makes touring, uh, even more special too, cause I get to do it when I want to rather than, uh, it being necessary. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I can't even like claim responsibility for it being like this really smart move, but, um, I'm thankful that it, it has landed the way it has and continues to. So that's great. That's really cool. Yeah. That's probably not even a helpful answer. No, but. it's, it's fascinating to me. And I love that you, that you're able to do that and that you're able to be home and you know, it's not the traditional music lifestyle and it's not even like. The, it's not even really the glamorized lifestyle. Yeah, no, totally. Like <laughs> it is, but I remember, I remember maybe about five or six years ago, the band Wilco, um, like they, they're, they're in Chicago as well. And they, um, Oh, I've seen just, the they, Wilco they have, buildings in Chicago. Oh, nice. Of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, 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 I've, oh, like from the outside, I always just thought like, wow, like they have, they have a really, like it's seemingly strong family life, but they seem to be making a lot of music and they, um, I, I don't know if touring is a necessity for them or what, but it, so I always kind of looked at like, oh man, I would love to try to make a career that w- that looked a little bit like that. And so that was some of the, I guess the seed of um, trying to figure out what, what, what was next for sleeping at last. And, um, but yeah, I, it's a weird thing. Cause I, I always struggle with scarcity versus abundance, you know, like yeah. anytime anything goes well in my life, I'm like, all right, lock down the fort. <laughs> it's, it's all going to end tomorrow. So everybody, don't don't get used to this you know um and i'm 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 learning to like uh, value and uh trust and appreciate 
abundance. Like just a really, I, f- I feel like it's a disservice to not enjoy the good that's put into our life. And um, so I'm trying real hard to to lean into that, but and not go into like this uh, this mode of fear. Me too, man. <laughs> Me too. But it's hard. It's always a, it's a weird, I don't know. I, I'm sure it has something to do with like earlier wiring, but, um, yeah, but yeah, it's a, it's a lot of undoing that wiring <laughs> going on. It's okay. We've, we've got some time. That's right. Yeah. That's what, that's a good, that's a good way to look at it. Okay. So right now you're finishing off Atlas year two, you've got a baby on the mm-hmm. way, but what's kind of long-term next for you? You know, do you want to get into more composing do you want to um continue series what does this look like for you i definitely think that continuing series is fun for me i mean i've got atlas like i said will go on till at least year three um so i know that's coming ahead but long term i i think that you know as long as people will continue to listen to the songs I write, like I'm, I'm just, I think I'll be doing it anyway. You know, I have to, (laughs) it's now, now it's become such like a, a therapy for me (laughs) that I, I think that if all of the listeners disappear, I'd still probably be doing that. But I, I think long-term I would love to do more film composing. Um, I've got a couple opportunities, um, coming up this year that I'm excited to try out um, more film composing. And I, I, I did my first feature length film last year called many beautiful things, which is a documentary that was really, really beautiful. Uh, uh, no, no pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, uh, yeah. So I, I would love to do more of that. I would like, it's, I'm, I'm, it's weird. I, I, I'm excited about the things I don't really know about yet. You know, like I'm, I'm trying to trying really hard right now to focus on like balancing the input and output because obviously these series of music lead me to like tons and tons of output. Like that's like the name of the game for me every day is like, okay, I got to beat this deadline. I've got to, um, got to create, create, create. And, um, I'm realizing probably later than I should that like, it's, it's equally or even more important that I, that I uh, value input and try to try to soak up more stuff, you know, try to make sure that I'm inspired. And I, 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 I've never written with a lack of inspiration, but I, I just am, I'm trying to make a, a, a bigger effort towards seeking out inspiration and seeking out like researching these different themes. And, um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm hoping to do that, uh, term, and hopefully we'll have a lot more to say. I really love that. I think that the research component of what you're doing is so fascinating. You know, you, Thanks, you've man. talked so much about, the universe and and space and all these planets and i just love to imagine (laughs) somebody who's you know like a musician like reading through textbooks and scrolling wikipedia and that's so good (laughs) thanks man yeah i call it research and but i mean it's it's mostly fun (laughs) because i get to i watch so many documentaries and videos about stuff and man um and yeah like i I, so far there hasn't been a theme that i've had to research where i'm like man this feels like school (laughs) like i don't want i don't want to be doing this um it's it's been yeah it's it's super fun and it it sounds cooler if i call it research rather than like oh yeah i watched a video no (laughs) oh just kidding well on that note, I do want to transition into these questions that I ask people every single week. Yeah. And for the sake of making this transition crazy smooth, <laughs> I'm going to switch the order around. What are you consuming that you love right now? Oh, okay. Um, I just read a book by um, my friend Mike Foster. It's called People of the Second Chance. Yeah. And it comes out later this fall, and it's beautiful and wonderful, and um, I'm really excited for people to get their hands on that. Um uh, I'm sure you're familiar with Science Mike. Yes. Karg. Um, I think he'll be, I mean, he's a friend of mine, so I'm going to, I call him Mike McCarg. Is that correct? Do you, are you familiar with how I, to say his last name? It's sometimes in my brain when I read it, I say Mike McCarg you, but I don't, I would imagine <laughs> that's not correct. And so, I think Mike McCarg might argue that. <laughs> Get it? You see it? Oh. Okay, so definitely please delete that. <laughs> We're keeping that joke in for sure. Uh, it might be Mike McCharg. Mike McCarg. Maybe. And I think I've asked him, so um, it's good on me for remembering. But Science Mike um, is a great thing to call him because it's very Googleable. <laughs> exactly. So uh, a friend of mine named Science Mike is uh, is um, putting out a book later this fall as well that I got um, – I got an opportunity to read early and it's so great and it oh, tells good. his story and yeah. So that those book wise, that's, that's been keeping me, um, 
extra inspired. And then um, I have, uh, so I have a deeply rooted passion for Pixar films. <laughs> oh, I so, know that. I follow your newsletter. I know that you, you recommend awesome. every Pixar movie that comes oh out. Oh my gosh. I just, they're like, part of having kids actually was like the, the thing that I was, one of the, one of the things I was most excited about was like, oh my gosh, I get to, I get to introduce, I get to make people and show them Pixar movies. <laughs> <laughs> like, welcome to earth. Here's Pixar, the best of. Oh. Um, and and Lily's actually um, she's old enough now. We took her to her first movie, which is Finding Dory, and she loved it. And she's watched movies at home, but that was the first like theater movie. Um, and she just like is obsessed with the Good Dinosaur. Aww. And so yeah, so the, uh, Pixar like as a company and uh, just their creative philosophy and their art and the, just the care that they put into the story. And man, I just like, I endlessly uh, am inspired by what they do. So that's, that's another, that's another part of inspiration right now. Man, those are good. Those are good things. <laughs> Thanks. Um, and actually, so I mentioned earlier, but I, I uh, got to spend a little bit of time with Richard Rohr. And so reading a little bit more of his uh, writings has been hugely inspiring as well. So Man, I'm going on vacation next week, and maybe I'll pick up a Richard Rohr book to to take with me because that that actually sounds oh, really absolutely. interesting. Oh, cool! I mean, Falling Upwards is what I just read, and it's it's wonderful. That's cool. I'll have to check that out. Question number two slash normally number one: How would you describe the kind of person that you most admire in the world? Oh, that's that's really hard. I would say. Um, Man, they sound like such cliche words, but loving, compassionate, like those are the people. And and I feel like that are confident in their voice in the world. Like those are those are things that I feel like are like I always always admire the the people in my life that are are that way and try to glean as much of that as possible. That's great. I, yeah, I fully feel the same way. I think that there is something interesting about that keyword of like confident in their place in the world. Because yeah. when I'm like picking people for this podcast, I would never like put in this show description. Oh, I'm looking for people who are confident in their or, or like <laughs> Com- Brandon has interviews like confident, with, powerful people. Yeah, like yeah. we're having interviews <laughs> with people who are confident in their place in the world. But <laughs> but that is something that is really admirable, and I think that it says something about maybe their understanding of their identity. You know, it's saying yeah, and it's and I, I almost mean it in like humility, like in a way yes. that they're like confident in who they are, and that that creates this like humility to not only like understand who they are but also to move forward and 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 do their whatever their gifting is you know yeah man well said that's probably a terrible answer but you can you can do with that what you will (laughs) (laughs) i'm just gonna edit all of this to be really controversial So smart (laughs) yeah (laughs) the opposite like It'd be like, I hate Richard Rohr. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> We're just explosive. adding like Why? me saying hate or a little robot yeah. saying hate. <laughs> um, my last question is based on the ways that you've chosen to step out and live your life differently. What's one thing you'd encourage someone else to do in their own life today? So I recently heard and Richard Rohr said this and I don't know. I think he was quoting somebody else, but it has been like recently proven that negativity is sort of like Velcro in our brains. Like we, we cling to it. We want to, we want to, we want to like wrap ourselves in it and like goodness and joy is actually more like Teflon. Like it just, it just slides off of us. And, um, it's, it's proven that if you, if you choose to savor something positive for 15 seconds or more, it actually has like a positive impact on your, uh, your, your life and your brain. And so I, I feel like that's a really like solid, like day-to-day uh effort you know it's something that people should try uh, and something that i'm constantly working on right now but um so how do i practically do this what like what does that actually what does that actually I feel mean? like it's like I, like the most generic example i can think of would be like um if you see a sunset like i think it's so it's so likely i mean you're you're actually probably better at this because you you're I is constantly like scanning for beauty and, and you are savoring it in photography and in what you do. And I think I try to do that in music, but um, if you see a sunset and like, I think that our natural response is like, wow, that's beautiful. And then you're done. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? And then you move on and you make a phone call or you check your email or whatever. Um, I think it's just a conscious, like, okay, I'm going to take a little bit more time for that, you know, that kind of thing. And another thing that I've, for me, I've been trying to, uh, 
meditate every day. And I, I hesitate even saying the word meditate because for most of my life, I've, I've sort of felt like, I don't get it. I don't know how people meditate. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I figured like this, there's this app called Headspace and I just, I love it. And it's 10 minutes every day. It's like this guided meditation app for, for iOS. And um, I'm sure it's for other devices as well. And um, it's like just this really simple breathing and being aware of your surroundings. And like for me and my personality, s- sitting still, for 10 minutes is like, is really hard. I'm always like right now my, my leg is tapping. Like I just yeah, like always, too. there's me always too. something physical like going on. And I, I feel like, uh, like it's just so important to, to find a little bit of time in your day. At least for me, I found that it's really, really like helpful to just have 10 minutes of like, it doesn't have to be productive. It's just like, you just are listening a little closer and you're, uh, paying attention to how you breathe. That was a really weird thing when I started it. Like I've never paid attention to how I breathe before. And it's just very like nothing needs to change. It's just, uh, it almost felt uncomfortable. Like, am I uh, I doing it right? (laughs) (laughs) Am I doing this whole breathing thing? Right. That's great. Um, and you're just supposed to breathe normal. It's not like a, it's not like a technique necessarily. But, um, but yeah, so I would say take 10 minutes a day and, um, try to be more familiar with your surroundings. But that headspace app was a really helpful tool for that for me, man. These are really good recommendations. I like this. I'm going to I'm going to bring <laughs> these good. into my own life right now. What's so funny is I don't do either of these things. <laughs> 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 these are just things that sound not like other people should do. But I'm I'm too busy. No. I'm just <laughs> it is it is terrible. Like I've 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 been trying to do more of the head, like I I started the headspace thing for I was doing it maybe for like a two months straight and then I, I'm just now getting back into it because I like the world got a little bit like I just didn't prioritize it and then it slipped so and I noticed it I noticed a difference so wow. when I do it it's it's a make some make some clearer headspace no <laughs> again I guess that's why the app's called that that's but. a good endorsement there we go Ryan this has seriously been so good I'm so glad that we got to hang out today and I, I really admire everything you're doing Thank you. Likewise, seriously, I'm I'm a huge fan, and I am excited to get to have this conversation. Thanks, man. Uh, if people want to find your music online, if they want to follow along with what you do, where can they do that? Yeah, so um, sleepingatlast.com is my website. Do people go to websites anymore? I, <laughs> sure. I really hope so. I spent a lot of time <laughs> building mine. Good. Yeah, I did. I did too. What? The, so hopefully, if people and for any website uh, viewers, sleepingatlast.com, and then um, pretty much sleeping at last on all of the social media. So Instagram is, is sleeping at last, um, at sleeping at last on Twitter, and um, and then I just started Snapchatting recently. Yes, and welcome. I, you're like you're. I'm I'm a huge fan of your uh, Snapchatting abilities. I you're you're so much better at it than I am. Like, <laughs> but, but I'm, I'm trying to keep up. I'm trying to keep up. You're doing awesome. And on Snapchat, you have, you don't have sleeping at last to you. You've got a different name. That's true. Thank you for telling me that and reminding me. Cause I, I, I was frustrated when I found that out is sleeping at last one. Oh, I mean, that's, that's probably the best thing you could have done. <laughs> it's, you know, I was like official sleeping. No, that's too late. Oh, wait, um, is it too late for I you to just, change it to snapping at last? Snap! Oh, I probably no. I'm gonna do it unless somebody beats me to it. Oh, I I won't release this until you do that. <laughs> yeah, oh. just hold off until I can get my uh, get my snapping at last name. Oh well, Ryan. Seriously, this has been so good. Thanks so much for being on the show. Uh, thank you. Seriously, it's been a treat. Sounds Good with Brandon Harvey is part of the Gradient Podcast Network and is created in collaboration between me, Brandon Harvey, and Gradient. Check them out at gradient.is. That's gradient.is. Thank you so very much for tuning into the podcast this week. If you liked this week's episode, make sure you hit subscribe and share the episode with your friends. You can tweet about it. You can Instagram about it. Whatever. I'd be honored by that. Outside of this podcast, you can find me basically everywhere on the internet. Just Google my name. That's Brandon with an E-N. And with that, that's a wrap for this week's podcast. I'll see you next week when we get the opportunity to learn from another incredible person. Sound good? Sound good?